This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. You can text the show on 812.15, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Morning all. Okie cokey. <laughs> do you know, I mean, do you know that I was on a ladder at 6.22 this morning? Were you, were you filming a Benny Hill sketch? I was... Um, I'll tell you what I was doing. Have a guess, Al. You're, um, a, you're a man about the house. I'm going to guess that you've become a method comedian and you were working out how many comedians does it take to change a light bulb. <laughs> wow! Good one. I, I'll tell you what, I was... I had the fire, the smoke alarm thing was beeping. Oh. And they are the most difficult, uncompromising things to deal with, to get off, to get the batteries. I thought maybe if I press this button, because I was worried it was going to wake the rest of the family up, so I thought yeah. if I press the button, maybe it'll stop. I pressed the button and the whole alarm went off completely Frank, through. Frank, they're a cruel mistress. They, I mean, oh man, and always, I always have that moment when I'm not sure if, it, if, if that first one I heard was the beep of the smoke alarm, or my trainer stobbing against the <laughs> linoleum. Now that, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I was up a ladder doing that, which is... I really hate those things. I mean... Ladders. I, I don't want people who've had their house burned down texting in and saying, yeah, well, mate, it's better than uh, better to have the beeping. But, oh, yeah. there must be a nice... We don't want to hear from one. Elizabeth in Windsor. No, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping a low profile, I think, is oh, the uh, yeah. hunchback of Notre Dame yeah. used to say. <laughs> <laughs> Frank, we've heard from <clears throat> Henna's from Gravesend. Are you familiar with his work? No. Oh. Quite a regular correspondent. I know, but I am an old man commander. <laughs> <laughs> That's one for the Stingray fans. <laughs> <laughs> Al, what, do you want to share Henna's uh, insights? Uh, you... No, I can't okay. see it. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, he says, morning, Frank and the gang. Whatever happened to... News footage of suited business people rushing around the London Stock Exchange whenever there was a big financial story. Warmest regards, Henna's from Gravesend. Yeah, well, I, I suppose there's one obvious answer <laughs> to yeah. that, is that there's a national lockdown. I, I think, I know what Henna's means, though. I don't, I feel whenever I see that archive footage, it's always people in red braces oh, with big 80s braces. phones. Stripey, uh, stripey ties. and Not stripey ties, those stripey shirts but with a white oh, collar. Oh, they had weird clothes, didn't they? It's like no years. one's done any recent footage. Yeah. And I think is perhaps Henna's point. Do you think it is really like that? It's people shouting and shoving each other out the way and they've got wild hair and braces. And There's a way to find out. To be. I was invited there once, invited to the floor of the stock exchange. But um, how do you get invited, dear Frank? Please come to, to please come and see us. Love the city. Yeah, just come and <laughs> share the experience <laughs> of the, the floor of the stock exchange. But um, I, I didn't fancy it. No, I thought it'd be full of terrible people. If I'm going to be completely honest, I may have been wrong. You know, we all have our bias, but I thought they were just getting me there as some sort of working class hostage. <laughs> Any road up. Um, what you can't see, Al, is that I've had my hair cut. Oh, well done. And what do you think, Em? It looks quite nice, doesn't it? Absolute stone-cold fox. Well, <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you something. It's what I'm calling my songs of praise haircut. Ah. Because I did songs of praise um, I've been recording. told about this. <laughs> You've been told about it? Yeah, somebody sent me a message saying, here's Sean Fletcher talking about Frank, and <laughs> you should talk about it on the radio. Wow. God, it's like, it's like having Marvin Gaye on the show. <laughs> um, oh, is, is it out there then already? Oh, well, I... Um, yeah, so I did... They said we use a song surprise, um, and I said, can I get a haircut? Mm. So... Uh, they didn't use scissors or anything. They just put their hands on me and asked me what I wanted, and it just happened. 
Faith, Faith Haircut. It was a very moving <laughs> moment. But it was just there. No hair, none of the excess hair was there. Did, Did they sprinkle the water on you as well? Oh. Well, I think they used eau de cologne. Oh, do they? Okay. Isn't it odd, eau de cologne? You do, I wouldn't, if you said to me, what's the best place in the country for nice smells? <laughs> I wouldn't say, well, probably cologne would be my first. Uh, Water of cologne. Actually, that's just given me a, a thought. I'll come. I'll come back with it after this. Let you, me write. You do that. I'll write it down. You know what it's like. Yeah. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. On Absolute Radio. We were talking about uh, eau de cologne. Mm. <laughs> I don't think it's by Lothric. <laughs> um, you um, right. <laughs> yeah. I tell you what. He likes saying that because, although, you know, when they do those ads, was it Tweed? Tweed by Lanthric. What a horrible name for a perfume. I know, the two, (laughs) Tweed and Lanthric, don't really go together. Do they? Yeah. Some... Oh, I really want. I love smelling like a game game, game groundskeeper. <laughs> gamekeeper is good. It's gamekeeper. Um, yeah, that's the word. Um, I uh, see how uh, we help each other. Isn't it, you do. Isn't it lovely? You did. Oh, it's like last of the summer wine. <laughs> so, um, I was thinking that um, well, well, we had that conversation. You know, I was moaning about smoke alarms. That the perfume industry employs these people they call noses. Oh, I've yes. met a nose. Have you met a nose? Yes, in grass. I have a friend who was a nose. Really? Yeah. We all know noses. I've never met a nose. I should explain, um, for those who don't know, that um, <laughs> <laughs> these are people with particularly sensitive um, yeah. smell glands or whatever it is that mm. does the smelling yeah. on a human being. Mm. And that you could... You can let them smell a perfume. Like the producer today, Sarah, who's, um, I, I, you know I am a big fan of, but today she does... If Elizabeth Taylor arrived today, um, alive, I mean, this is, <laughs> that's what she would smell. Uh, so the room is full of... What, what is it, Sarah? Jimmy Choo. Of Jimmy Choo. Mm. It, honestly, it's, it's, I've got it on my chest. Let's mm. put it that way. Mm. Anyway, if I got one of those old, retired noses and offered them a free... I offered them my spare room. I wouldn't need smoke alarms anymore because oh, yeah. the nose would get any any whiff of smoke early on and wouldn't beep. Just come and knock on the door and yeah. say, uh, "Or oh, uh, <laughs> ma- Madame Monsieur has <laughs> some sort of uh, fire," and uh, we'd be okay. So, does any noses, any homeless noses listening? <laughs> You'd like to employ them. I imagine they're paid quite well, are they, Nose? They are paid an so. absolute fortune. I met the Louis Vuitton Nose. Okay. And male or female? Male. Okay. I'd say mm. late 60s. Mm. Impressive character. That long ago? Yeah. <laughs> How dare you? I bet they're worried about COVID, aren't they? <laughs> I should think so. God, that, that talk about people's businesses going down. If a nose gets it and can't smell for 12 months. Well, oh, that, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Anyway, I've, I've got to say, perfume adverts, the world has moved in all sorts of interesting directions in recent years, but perfume adverts have stayed exactly the same. A world where irony has to wait outside on the car park. So yeah. people can say, and it's all very all right. <laughs> what about when they had uh, Brad Pitt for Chanel number 5? He said, Chanel... Inevitable. Oh, oh, man. Come on, is it? Is it, though, Brad? Is it inevitable? It is once he'd had the call from his agent with the fee. <laughs> yeah. It's inevitable. <laughs> you can put money on that. So, um, yeah, so I did Songs of Praise. And, uh, How lovely. It goes out in April. Uh, I didn't sing on it, can I say. Harry Seacombe's not on it anymore. See? Shocked. Breaking news. Yeah. No, it's hosted by friend of the show, um, in brackets, Catherine Jenkins. Oh. But I didn't didn't meet her. Um, I, um, but it was lovely. I got, um, Sean Fletcher interviewed me. He was a very, very lovely gentleman. Lovely. And um, it was, what was nice for me is that my dad wouldn't let us watch Songs of Praise when we were children because he used to say it was too Protestant. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, 
<laughs> so they said we want to interview you. What have you got any ideas for a venue? So well, why not? Because they said, we, "What about a church?" Songs of praise, fair enough. And I said, "We want to use my the church I go to, the Catholic church locally." And then I got a call saying, um, "Oh, um, Songs of Praise said, would you mind if it was a non-Catholic church?" And I thought, "My dad, <laughs> <laughs> who we laughed at, was spot on." You uh, you told a, a highly relatable anecdote earlier, Frank, about, um, about smoke alarms. I think we've all had that frustration of trying to get a smoke alarm to shut up. Oh, the sound it because I find I hear it, but not so much in my ears. I feel it in my when you're the joint of the jaw. I can feel it well, in that, like I'm being bullied at school. Oh yeah, you were the bully. Five five three. Here's a here's a text message from five five three. I spent twelve months trying to resolve beeping smoking alarms in my house. Uh, turns out <laughs> is he swear- house- is he avoiding swearing? <laughs> I think so. Beeping smoking alarms. <laughs> He continues, turns out the house had been rewired before we moved in and the electricians had put the old smoke alarms under the floorboards. I mean... Oh, what? That, Silly that billies. Seems, that seems like malice, doesn't it? Yes, that's like when people are leaving the job used to put, like, haddock in the door <laughs> panel of a car. Remember that story? I don't know if it ever really happened. Well, there was always that thing. There was always the urban myth of the revenge story to the ex was that how you would treat a a badly behaved ex was apparently you'd let yourself into their apartment and sew prawns in the hem of the curtains. I'd also heard of baked pedigree chum pie. Oh, no. Um, Very specific, isn't it? I've eaten pedigree (laughs) chum. It's disgusting. Have you? I've eaten pedigree chum and whiskers. And I'm not, you know, I'm just trying to remember if they advertise on this um, channel. They're, I'm sure they're very nutritionous and suited to the uh, felines and canines. Oh, I, no. even though very drunk, found them both disgusting. I actually sat on someone's kitchen floor at a party and they had a dog and a cat and I just ate the two bowls. Um, I know, don't do it. It was counterintuitive, I think. Is uh, There's probably a better term for it. Mm. When you think... Oh yeah, it's but you'd expect it to be horrible. But I bet when you actually, (laughs) we've all had that experience in various contexts. Yes. Um, But no, it it is horrible. Okay. Cat food and dog food. You you heard it here first. You sampled was. I felt that one of well, my dog has a terrine. I'm just saying. He has a terrine. Yeah, he has terrine. Doesn't he just go in the garden? (laughs) (laughs) It was a. Latrine-based misunderstanding. <laughs> OK, that's for people listening to this thing. What, what, I don't get that. Frank, we've had some lovely compliments on your work. What? Simon, what retrospectively? Simon J. Ballard, I don't know if he's related to JG. Yeah, or Ross. J- yeah. Just watched your or the producer B. Oh, B is the B is the daughter of JG Ballard. Is I that believe. right? Yes. Uh, Do they only use initials in their <laughs> family? It's a sign a lot of things, and it's a time-saving device. <laughs> Frank, I just watched your stunning Terence stunning Frank. Yes. Terence and me feature. Ah, it Terrence was so moving, a true fanboy pilgrimage. I actually held my breath when you entered the hallowed quarters of his office. Thank you. Frank, would you care to elaborate? Um, I will. I mean, I'm being um, shoved by the the producer. But yes, Terence and Mick. And I just say, I would say that, you know, I started off doing stand-up and then I went into television and radio. And now I'm mainly doing DVD extras. (laughs) Um, But I'll explain all in, in minutes. Frank Skinner. Um, Terence and Me is a, is a short film that I made about Terence Dix. And Terence Dix was um, a writer and script editor on Doctor Who mm. for a long time. The whole Pertwee era he was Wowee. Um, some Troughton, some Baker. Mm. But um, brilliant. And I, I did a sort of a pilgrimage, as they say, and I ended up in his writing room. 
Oh. Which was brilliant with his spectacles still on the desk and all and all that. It was, yeah, it was moving. I got to be straight about it. And it's on the box set of <laughs> series eight, um, which features the master in every every story. Of course it does. You don't now, have to tell me that. No, they, they do these deluxe box sets with loads of extras and incredible sound and everything's been re... It's, they're really spectacular. I Alan. think they're a sort of a... For the older fans like me saying, look, I know you feel the new series is moving or leaving you in its vapour trail. Have these and thanks very much for your help. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh, yes. Oh, what about... We We sometimes have little chatettes off air and we were talking about... We were talking about the love between us all. We were talking about the theme music. Actually, wasn't as nice as that. <laughs> it was the deer hunter. We were talking about the theme music to the deer hunter. Yes, if, in case you don't know, no, twang... Twang, 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 twang. Probably the loveliest music anyone's ever played Russian roulette to. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I mean, I like the conga for Russian roulette. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, Frank. Where did we get to with that though? Because we like to continue these off. Oh, we were. You were saying you'd seen it because we were guessing. We were trying to establish who'd composed it. Frank, you. Uh, uh, for were me, closest. Was, I thought John Williams. Um, the uh, the guitar, the sort of friendly-looking guitar player. Mm. He was the only real English classical player I I knew in my youth. Although I saw Segovia live when he was eighty. Wow. <laughs> anyway, John Williams did the the deer hunter theme on top of the pops, and there was all these girls in miniskirts who had gone there to dance and be discovered. <laughs> Just sort of swaying a bit to, um, <laughs> yeah, and trying to put together dances that looked a bit like Russian roulette. You see, I hated it when they do the slow ones on top of the pops. Oh, well, John Williams was a blow because I think we've all seen this in bands where that you might call, particularly I think, serious musicians is they're playing, and one of them looks at another band member and just smiles <laughs> in a sort of oh this is this is what we love isn't Frank, it worst thing guys I've ever seen girls having to dance to and men uh, on top of the pops hello John got on your motor oh, Alexi Sale very, very staccato <laughs> very staccato I mean that's hard on the on the spinal cord that one you could do damage <laughs> yeah hello John got on your motor yeah, I, I, I must. Um, Special guest appearances used car salesman in the video by. You won't get it. It's quite obscure. Michael Sheen. <laughs> Jonathan Ross's dad. Jonathan Ross's dad, Michael Sheen. <laughs> was it Michael Sheen playing Jonathan Ross's dad, hasn't <laughs> When he just used to be like the sort of thinking man's Mike Yarwood. <laughs> Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. This is still Frank Skinner with Emily Dean and Alan Cochrane. Um, I've had a letter from Lee Alder from Redditch. Mm -hmm. um, Dear Frank and team, it begins, which would be a good... If you were a manager of a football team and you put together a real hodgepodge of players, various qualities, oh, yeah. ages, etc., Frank and team would be a good way to describe them as yes. sort of like Frankenstein. So if there's anyone doing that, you can have that. Okay. <laughs> so he, he, um, so Lee tells us about you know the lockdown and all that. So he's tried to learn some new skills, and he's been three um, D printing. Um, and I, I never quite understand that. No, it's um, it's kind of unbelievable. I don't yeah. believe it. You don't believe it? No. Well, I'm going to show you evidence of it in a second. So he started cool. making bobbleheads for friends and family. Oh, yeah. Um, what, like... Uh, do you know bobbleheads? Oh, what? Was it bobble like, heads is like a Friday? No, no, no. Oh. Not, not enormous papier-mâché <laughs> heads for them to wear around the house, as if it's forever carnival. No, no. Um, they are figures where the head slightly bobbles yeah. like that. Oh, yeah. I've like, got bobble heads for friends and families. So my gran had a bobble head. 
which actually <laughs> her head went like that all the time. Uh, uh-huh. God bless her. Uh, but um, <laughs> this is a, a recreate. What who have you got on the bobblehead front, Al? No, I mean I've got bobbleheads for friends and family. Who's a Oh, I see. It was a joke. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, um, so then he said, I then decided who better to create a bobblehead for than you? Oh. Um, 8, oh. 12, 15. <laughs> <laughs> List of 8,000. Anyway, that's very nice of you, Lee. Um, I know how much you admire and appreciate Doctor Who, so I made a Frank Capaldi-esque <gasps> Doctor Who version with a special feature, Sound. Um, and he sent me that, and it's great. Can we see it? It's gone. Um, he's, he's, it's got grey hair, which I don't. Oh. He must have took that from the Capaldi. Well, that's it. Hair. You, you're not. You haven't got grey hair, no. Frank. Take that back. But it's. Um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna show it you. Uh, I'm gonna show it to <gasps> Emily here. But we'll put a photo up Do on. Do you know? That's absolutely brilliant. It is, isn't it? It's fab. Andy. Oh, I mean, it's got a slight vibe of Ross Perot about it. Oh, wow, I forgot oh, yeah. all about Ross Perot. <laughs> but, but, yeah. It's, we'll show uh, you a picture, Al. I'd like that. Mm. I'm glad you said Ross Perot, because I was thinking um, formerly <laughs> very popular mainstream <laughs> comedian who fell from grace. Anyway. Oh, God. But, you know... We'll put the feature up and uh, the police can do the rest. So, um, <laughs> for God's sake, Frank. And Dove, um, oh, God, I'm being waved at again. Uh, the, uh, the, how long has the first hour been like two minutes? It's mm. fled past for us yeah. and for the year. Uh, okay, I forgot to mention I'm not the audio broadcaster of the year. <laughs> Oh, don't say you didn't win. No, I didn't win. Who I didn't won even then? add a thing saying you didn't win. Just nothing. Cast Sorry aside. Who won then? Uh, Clara Ampho won. Oh, and okay. Congratulations to her, but um, obviously I'm not going to say there wasn't some pain involved that I didn't win. <laughs> I also resolved, um, if you remember, is that to announce that I'd been nominated, and then if I didn't win, I just wouldn't mention it. But of course, um, oh, if the tooth is hurting, you've got to keep shoving your tongue in it. But, um, um, but serious congratulations to, to Clara Ampho. But um, I'm sure all, all the rest of us, um, you know, you, you think, oh, I really like the idea. Imagine going on the radio and saying, yeah, actually, I'm the audio broadcaster mm-hmm. of the year. Ha ha. Um, and I think also we're having contract talks at the moment, so that could have come in. Frank, honestly, are we, are we still, are we still yeah, on air? This is a live radio. Show. Sorry, I thought I thought I thought it was I thought it was the news. <sighs> oh, <God. laughs> this is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Text the show on 812.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via the Absolute Radio website. That was brisk, wasn't it? Was that's like terms and conditions on the end of some adverts that we play. <laughs> I respect those people. There must be. There yeah, used to be good. a jazz phenomenon, uh, circular <laughs> breathing. Oh yes, when some sax players and that could just keep playing trumpeters, but and, and you're sort of breathing in through your nose while you're blowing out through your mouth is quite a thing. Yes, and there must be some uh, voiceover artists who've learnt that just for terms <laughs> and conditions. Oh the, yeah, the speed it up. Oh, yeah. Remember this morning's texting? Does Mike like sports? Um, does Mike Hollis, the uh, BBC Breakfast Sports <laughs> presenter, like sport? <laughs> or is he just reading it from the auto queue? That's Who knows? good texting. I don't know. I mean, um, he might for all... I, I, he's a, he seems a lovely bloke and he's a joiner-inner, which I like him for. But I sometimes... I've watched some um, French versions of Laurel and Hardy films yeah. and they didn't used to um, dub them what they used to do is they'd have ma- they used to film them again and people would hold massive cue cards with the French written phonetically and yeah. Laurel and Hardy had no idea what they were saying but they would read well I suppose they had a rough idea and um, I'm just wondering if it's a similar phenomenon <laughs> maybe one Does the, might like sport eight twelve fifteen. 15 Someone might know him, or he might be a massive, massive sports fan. He might love it, Frank. 
sorry, I'm not saying he doesn't. This is a genuine. I have no. I have only warmth for for Mike Hollis. I'm just asking. A, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It's a good yeah. thing. You don't get too involved in. If you get a sportsman in for an interview, then I say, no, can I have me photo talk with you and all that. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. Uh, one of the other Texans that you've already got running is um, about people. Is it a myth that somebody leaves like fish when they sell a house in the curtains or whatever? I'll tell you what was tell another one, Al. I do, do you remember this one? Um, that if you got sacked oh, yeah. on your last day, you go into back into the office when everyone's gone and you phone sort of um, the talking clock in Tokyo. And leave oh. it on for the weekend, so you cost the company a load of money. Oh, that's that was yeah. another one, yeah. Phone well, Tim, we, as we used to say. Pardon? Phone Tim, as uh, oh, we yeah, used to say. Tim. Remember Tim? Wow, I mm. forgot about My that. My mother would always say in a very theatrical voice, I don't know, darling, phone Tim. And there was a <laughs> fabulous, when you phone the speaking clock, there was a fam- fabulous juxtaposition of the abstract... <laughs> And the commercial where they'd say, the time sponsored by Accurist. And you'd think, wow, time has also, got a sponsor. don't you find Tim, you had a bit of a sort of Simon Cowell X Factor approach. He'd say, the time sponsored by Accurist will be... Oh, well, I was on the my, honestly my, edge of my seat. My, um, well, there used to be an extra long beep at the end. Sorry, Al, for, about <laughs> this, but we're off now. Um, we're going to be back on. Uh, my my eight year old child is an enormous enthusiast of Siri. He asks Siri, if, I never, I always forget to ask Siri. He asks Siri all sorts of stuff. And the other day, um, he sneezed during talking to Siri and I was waiting to see if Siri would say uh, bless you but tragically he didn't oh. so if anyone's listening you could, that'd be a good addition to Siri for the new year yeah Ow. <laughs> um, we uh, had a text from 577 I found a piece of wet fish hidden inside the side of my kitchen bin when I moved <gasps> into my house it have been put there deliberately I had to take the whole bin apart to find it. Maybe I am a nurse. Covered two topics there. That's from Linda. To take the whole we were bin apart. Is also. Oh. Okay. That happened to me once in an apartment in Paris. It was a Napoleon bin apart. <laughs> Good night, everyone. I'm leaving now. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Frank, uh, Christoph. I don't, I don't know if Christoph is uh, one of our regulars, but I feel like he should be. I like okay. the sound of him. Surely, Christoph says, Christoph implores, surely you have to discuss the appointment this week of Mr Boot replacing Mr Foot as the head of Shoe Zone. We've had other correspondents, Al, haven't we? Oh, many. Uh Callum in South Shields said, I'm sure none of you have ever stepped inside a shoe zone, but it was announced today their finance boss, Peter Foote, walked away from the role to be replaced by Terry Boot. Nominative determinism for sure, but more interested to know what Emily Dean makes of the store as a whole. (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, your witness. I'm sure none of you have ever been in there is a bit... uh... I'm sure I have. Well, I, I'm I, sure you have as well, Al. For a start yeah. off, it's it's one of the best shop names, I think. There's something about the use of zone on it, which gives yeah. it a sort of sci-fi <laughs> twilight zone. And also that thing, you know, a friend could phone you, how are you doing, Frank? Oh, I'm, I'm in the zone today. Oh, well, you're writing some great gags. No, I'm buying some brown slip-ons. I really like the, the zone. The shoe. The shoe's I hope they advertise it like that. I think that's what when I... When you go in the shop, you could go, you are entering the shoe zone. Sorry, sorry, Anne. <laughs> I'd like the front doors to be like the Close Encounters spacecraft doors when you enter. Oh, yeah. I think that's what they should be like. Frank. Well, I, I can I say I, I looked up um, Shoe Zone and um, because I hadn't been in there, you're quite looked right. Looked it up. I, the only reason I haven't been in there is I got so many free shoes when I was uh, doing. Uh, Television. Well, <laughs> more, more of your relatable material. Yeah, exactly. I've, yeah, but it, it, there's, a, there's a twist to it that goes that is not so much fun. That I've reached an age where I now have enough shoes to last me. 
Let's put it that way. Oh, oh that's cheery. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I looked up and I, lo- I particularly like one of the shopper reviews, which is one of those reviews <laughs> which it's not derogatory. It's, it's nice, but, you know, if you looked at it, it's like I do a poetry podcast and it's an element of that. There's a sort of an echo underneath the main <laughs> theme. So this is what the, uh, the um, shopper review said. Low prices and the shoes are good quality and comfortable. And then the last bit, and the majority look great. <laughs> now, of course, all I want... This is a bloke who's re... Or a woman who's totally into shoes. I really want to see the minority that don't <laughs> look great in this person's... Because I feel that they're, you know, they're, they're giving shoes on the benefit of the doubt, but the ones that even they... Could yeah. not include in the in the blanket price. Mm. Those what I want to see. The majority look great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if only we could say that of the human race. If only we could say that of this show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be honest. Well, you're always very well turned out, like I an upside down cake. <laughs> <cake. laughs> oh man, well, we'll be back with more of Mister Foot in um, after this. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Our Mark Goodge, we've been talking about Shoe Zone this morning, mm-hmm. uh, much to my surprise, and Mark Goodge has communicated with us via Twitter to say, I think Shoe Zone sounds like one of the discarded ideas for Crystal Maze. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent work, Mark. It's a great, it's a great... What was that place you took me to, the Sunglasses Hut or something like that? Oh, yes, the oh, Sunglasses yes. Hut. Yeah. And Frank got very obsessed by the fact that it was... Uh, whether it's Sunglass Hut or well, Sunglasses. I don't, I, don't, I don't know that Sunglass is a, is a phenomenon. The suggestion was that what goes in Sunglasses is Sunglass. And yeah. I, I don't... Unsurprisingly, Al, he was the first person who'd ever raised this and I wouldn't with these say, I wouldn't say it was greeted with an enthusiastic <laughs> approach to curiosity. No, Nathan was not impressed. It, now you mention it, sunglass is probably not darkened glass like in sunglasses. Sunglass would be see-through glass in a greenhouse, wouldn't it? Well, now you've opened because <laughs> that's a whole can of worms, Al. I, I, don't, I hadn't thought I you, of that. I know I'm down the line, but I'm stroking my beard in a sort of a philosophical, thoughtful I feel, way. Here. I feel. That was such a good point. I feel like you're stroking mine as well. <laughs> I felt sick. And, um, we were talking about <laughs> Shoe Zone. Yes. We should Quite explain right to our readers. Perhaps uh, you gentlemen can take care of the details whilst I attend to my petticoats. Well, there's been a change at the top at yes. Shoe Zone. And, um, They've gone for a slip-on instead of laces. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I, sh- I should... Um, I should Say just as a brief, um, a brief summary. Mm. We we have spoken on the show before about a phenomenon called nominative determinism, which means that your name, some subtle way, influences what you end up doing for a, a living. Sarah yeah. Blizzard, the uh, weather lady. Oh, is that? There you mm. go. And uh, Gary Player, the philanderer. Yeah. And. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Barry no, Chuckle, no. Barry Chuckle going into uh, light old No, I think I'm not sure they were born. I'm not what? sure they were I've born. I've got a Chuckle. really good one. Go on, Mark hey. Deman, the football Belgian footballer. Wow, oh, that is good. Never heard of Mark. Defensive De... player. Mark Deman. Well, that's very good. But you're getting the point. <clears throat> yeah. Loyal. He readers. wasn't born yesterday. <laughs> what is the man tomorrow? It's tomorrow, isn't it? Yeah. Oh. Awful. <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> awful. Yesterday is a year. So yeah, so so shoe zone. It turns out was managed by um, Mr. Foot. Is that right? Yeah, not yeah, Michael Peter Foot, Foot, the former yeah. Labour leader, but Peter Foot. Peter Foot. What worries me? He was about... head of finance. So it would already have been funny yeah, if exactly. the guy in Shoe Zone <laughs> Exactly, was uh, but Peter, Peter Foot must have been furious when he was replaced by Mr Boot. He was hopping and mad. Then it, and, then, and, then it made, <laughs> and then it made the papers, because he, he must have yeah. thought, 
He must have been waiting for that to happen when he got the job being called yeah. Foot. Yeah. Sorry if you're listening, Footo. <laughs> he's actually quoted, he's quoted in the news story saying, this was already funny when it was just me. Oh, did he say that? No, I just made that oh, up. Oh, I, I was going to say he sounds a good bloke. For, I, might have, I might have him and his wife around for a dinner. But would you, say, would you say the foots are coming tonight? That would feel very ungrammatic. I'm afraid they'd have to right. allow me to call them the feet. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Mr. Boot, the new the new uh, main man. Well, we haven't said actually what happened. The takeover. Peter Foot left. Uh, quote open quotes unexpectedly. Close quotes mm, okay. after seven months. I think to be fair to Shuzam. Oh, not a sentence I've ever heard before. They, like many shops, have, uh, have been hit by the COVID thing. So it's probably tough at the top. And at the bottom, I would have thought, at uh, Shoe Zone at the moment. <laughs> Strange PR line. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But Peter I'm Foot... hoping they'll send me a pair of their um, less attractive <laughs> ones. That's <laughs> a thank you. Just to see what that constitutes. That's what, that's what gets Big me. Big sort of clumpy executioner shoes. You <laughs> very, um... very uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Execution. Agony, absolute agony, just to go to the bathroom. I'm sure they sell, don't sell. The, the reviews are, are excellent for shoes, and come on. <laughs> the most unconvincing, come on, you've ever given. Um, so, anyway, Mr. Boot has taken over with immediate effect. Okay. And he came. He came from the company of master jewellers, is that right? <laughs> yeah, That's they've right. got to be Freemasons. Yeah, he's, he's been replaced <laughs> by Jasper Carrot. <laughs> Get a jingle on for that, quickly. That's, that's worth a jingle, Frank, come on. I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm slightly worried that Mr Boo is a bloke. I think with nominative determinism, you have to let it happen. I think if you make it, it's a bit like the Lenny Lottery uh, approach to nominative determinism. It has to just be in the ether. I was looking mm. at his uh, CV, Mr. Boot. <laughs> what Where have you been up to? What are you doing? And he worked for um, Brantano, <laughs> which is a shoe place and then he worked for right. Jones Bootmaker so I think he's been waiting right. for this story forever he's changing jobs just to get this story Frank, have you been he on started off in Monopoly page? yeah <laughs> 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 yeah I bet you he wears the Monopoly boot on a chain around his neck that's the kind of guy we're oh, talking about oh that'll be his medallion yeah that's, that's when journalists think. come to do, when journalists from trade uh, newspapers come to interview him, they'll say, "What do you wear to bed at night?" And you know, like Marilyn Monroe famously said, um, "Why uh, Chanel Number no. Five, of course." Yes. You know what he'll say? Inevitably. <laughs> <laughs> he'll say, "My little Monopoly." Boot. Oh yeah. See, I'd be all right sleeping in a Monopoly boot. I think because I never sleep. I never you ever. You feel sleep. like sleeping on the central reservation. I, I think, well, that's that's proven. I um, I never sleep on my front. The only time I've ever lay on my front in bed, it's all right. It's going to be okay. Breakfast radio, is when I've had an argument. And if I've had an argument with someone in bed, I always lay on my front. I don't know why. It's a sort of a. There must be some body language thing going on there of wanting to disappear into the world of the mattress. How do you sleep on your front, Al? I'm taking uh, the fifth on, on this my question. Side. Yes, mm. that's the place for sleeping. Okay. Okay. So, so um, yeah, I'm, it's it, I like it. It's it's I, I, but to me, the slight nominative determinism thing has been impaired mm. by mm. a sort of making it happen. Kind of thing. I tell you what, my son went back to school this week and he polished his shoes. And I was thinking, I haven't polished my shoes probably for 20 years. And that was in a hotel where they just had polish, and I thought I might as well use it to get my money's worth. Mm. Do you polish your shoes, Al? No. There you go. Died out. <laughs> 
Well, that was a fairly comprehensive survey you it, took it was. of the population. Well, I don't think <laughs> <that> <laughs> I'm going to be honest, though, and this does make me sound like 150 years old. I don't even know if women polish their shoes. Is that a thing that women do? I mean, we've been known... I think it's a whole other conversation, though, about consumerism and how the idea of repairing uh, seems to be dying out. And it's a good mm-hmm. thing. We should be polishing shoes. Now people just think, oh, chuck them out, get a new pair. And you know where they go? Down to shoe zone. Yeah. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> Can I say I've become quite pro? And and, yeah. <laughs> I don't know that repairing things rather than throwing them away is... Um... Look at Sharon Osborne. Oh, God! <laughs> Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Frank, Annie and Oliver. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lovely sort of gift shop. Cornish gift like... shop. I think they... they sound like a very musical couple to me. <laughs> Annie and Oliver. Why? I don't get it. Don't Tomorrow. Get it. Oh, yeah, two musicals, yeah. of course. Oh, well done. It's a done. fine joke. Well, I say, sir, well done. More, I didn't sir? Get, I didn't get the musicals gag, and, the, and Muscles did it. Muscles did it. <laughs> a lot of exclamation marks in uh, in that name. So what did... Uh, Annie Oli- and Oliver. What did uh, Andy and... Um... Annie ampersand Oliver. Okay says, good morning to you all. Every night we listen to older episodes. Today we are finally listening live. Just to inform you as a woman, I always... I think I did the emphasis wrong there. Just to inform you, comma, perhaps, as a woman, Mm. comma, I always clean everyone's shoes in the household. Oh, Wait for it. There's a hyphen coming. At least once a week. Wow. Loving being live with you all. Annie and Oliver. Well, it's a hard not life. (laughs) (laughs) One has to say that. Um, That is, um, well, there's lots. A, do they need doing once a week? And B, in in the 21st century, come on, Annie. Mm. Make them do them themselves. Mm. Goodness me. Hey, what about that? (laughs) Do they have a son? Do they have a son? Annie and Oliver? Yeah. No, just the dog. Okay. We're going to call him Sandy, is what I believe she said. This could go on forever. (laughs) I was suggesting that the sod was going to come out tomorrow and then I lost my nerve that it might be misunderstood. (laughs) Frank, have you put some pictures of yourself up on the socials this morning? No. I'm not on the socials. I know we are officially, but... I'm afraid the producers... Well, I I don't have no truck with it. I'm afraid the producer's nodding, and it appears some images have been released of you, possibly without your consent. Okay. What are they? Slightly worrying. Henson has uh, got in touch to say, inquiring as to where Frank got his retro Admiral tracky top from, John Bishop fun run, Shane (laughs) Two launch, or borrowed from our Keith. That's from Matt Henson. Can wow. I say that to, I actually am very covetous of that top. Well, I'm... I'm but I haven't... Um, I've been seen on the street in my Admiral Trekkie top. The producer? What's happened? It's a picture with a bobblehead. Oh, picture of you the with Alexa. a bobblehead. Uh, oh, I see. Yes, yes, yes. I goodness, I haven't been pap for about ten years. <laughs> the, the, pap, the paparazzi shots of me are actually drawings. <laughs> Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah, there's an engraving of Frank Skinner in the uh, song, I see. (laughs) Giotto Fresco. Yeah, the Harry Potter premiere. (laughs) I like the idea of a fresco. (laughs) (laughs) I spent the night in fresco and then I went to Tesco. Okay. In every kind of disco, that makes you wonder about oh, so many things. I mean, if you think of the amount of genre <laughs> of uh, disco, I bet there's one with the word zone in it. Oh, yeah. Anything else from yeah, uh, we've, Al Fresco? Yeah, we've had well, all sorts, Al. There's a lot. Uh, 937 has uh, concurred with your uh, comment about referring to Mr and Mrs Foot as the feet. Uh, your hypothetical dinner party 
has opened up a box of old memories. The pluralisation of proper nouns really gets my goat. He continues, In a former life as a barkeep, I remember becoming repeatedly irked when an innocent customer would order several Guinnesses. Further, as a triathlete, here we go, and veteran of several Ironman competitions, I would find myself wanting to say Iron Men. Oh, <laughs> Even yeah. wanting to say Iron Men. Uh, has a double entendre entirely unintended. Um, yes, I see what he's done there. Uh-huh. I'm, uh, I'm slightly I don't, uh, making... I, I, I don't get it, but that's a good sign. That means a lot of the audience won't either. Yes. Um, <laughs> I don't see the Guinnesses. So what, should he say, I'll have seven Guinness? I think so, yeah. Oh, who, eh? The trouble is with that, I'd, I'd imagine it was some Victorian detective taking his fee. <laughs> That'll be seven guineas, ah! That kind of, uh, that kind of thing. I did a little uh, explanatory footnote with drama yeah. to help people along Lovely with that, that one. I'll tell you something, um, if you need my hand, take it. And I will lead you forth. Wash it first, though. <laughs> of course. <laughs> it's got quite a lot of uh, chocolate raisin on it at the moment. Frank Skinner. This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio uh, with Emily Dean and Alan Cochran. Text the show on 81215. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. Email the show via the Absolute Radio website. Oh, that was off. Is it going to come rolling in? They're going to come rolling in for terms and conditions work. (laughs) Is this what it's come to? T's and C's. This is what it's come to. You're dividing your time between that and uh, Doctor Who box set DVD extras. (laughs) Al, Al, if he has a Twitter, he's going to set up a Twitter page and say, we'll do T's and C's. Necessity is the mother of invention. Don't be too proud about how many you're living. Contact Skinner at (laughs) waitrose.com. Hey, we had had an email during the week that begins with an apology. Forgive me for a midweek message. I don't think we have any rule on that. it didn't wake me up. No. Don't don't apologise for. Uh, We're not like the titled. monkeys band. We all no. live in the same house. <laughs> um, I listened to the podcast. Uh, oh, that's why they've sent it midweek rather than okay. on a Saturday. Okay. I think is their point. Um, there's a sauce called Frank's Hot Sauce, which is a chili-based sauce that I enjoy greatly. Mm. I was imagining what type of sauce it might have been if it was made by Frank Skinner. Would it be a different flavour or type? Oh, well, that's a, that's a tricky one, isn't it? I always think of that bloke. Isn't there only really one proper success story from 95 series of Dragon's <laughs> Dead? Yeah. And that's the Levi guy. Roots. And that, yeah, what, what was the name of his stuff? Levi Roots. Berry, yeah, berry, 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 berry sauce or something like oh, that. Oh, there's also, there's only one other success story, is the Tangle Tees man. Oh, oh I don't, Mr. Tangle Tees. Although was that rejected or taken Is he, is he a ladies' hairdresser <laughs> from the 1960s? Yes, you've probably seen the product, Frank. Tangle uh, Every yeah. woman in this studio will have. Yes, Sarah has one. I have one. Faye has one. Yeah, I've We've got all, one. Out, you've got one. <laughs> you've got, got one. In my what is it? What is a Tangle Tees? <laughs> it's, it's a clever hairbrush. Pa- it's a clever plastic hairbrush. Uh, it's very hard to explain. We'll have to show you a visual image. We'll have to show you some visuals. I think that's the only way out. Can does you explain? It, does it tangle and tease? It detangles Oh, painlessly. well, then already it's deceptive in its title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it tangled, as you would. It should be called untangled tease. Anyway, you were talking... Time tease, it could be called. <laughs> Yeah, what was I he talking about? He was rejected about? and went on to make Hot a fortune. Sauce. Yeah, what was it called, though? It was called... It's a famous sauce. I've seen it at Lord's, not Lourdes. Reggae, reggae. Reggae, reggae sauce, exactly. So That's that, right. I think, is is the big hit. Most people just are, are sort of humiliated and rejected <laughs> yeah. on the show. Which yes. is why we love it, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? In the old days, it would have been a super hot ski, but I think it would be something quite... The best sauce in the world for me is mint sauce. And mint. I put mint sauce on all the meats. Frank, I will I would, not be restricted to lamb. I 100% agree with you. It's, it's a yeah. wonderful sauce. It's a great sauce. And the texture, oh. it's like God has allowed us to eat the tea leaves out the bottom of a pot and it's nice. 
It's okay. when you get the tartness. Mm. Oh. I'm worried that there are um, Sheep Defence League people listening <laughs> to this. So a few oh, yeah. But I put it on all the meats. As I say, I'm a Democrat. <laughs> okay. So uh, that's what I'd have. A sort of a mince sauce, which could be... I've never seen a squeezy mince sauce. No, it's too classy. No, I, I, that's what I'm going for. Squeezy mint sauce. Thanks, sorted. Thanks, sorted. <laughs> yeah, and it's called, make, it's called making a mint, and it's a picture of me, like oh, yeah. you know, as a sort of a Ronnie Rich type figure, top hat and a cigar, and all that's on the line. Well, I'm like sorry to tell you, I'm out. Thank. We showed you uh, an actual Tangle teaser earlier, didn't we? Yes. Um, was it your first encounter with one? Yeah, and I have to say, if I was one of the dragons and somebody had whipped that out, I'd have said, don't bother, because to look at, it <laughs> well, just looks like, it looks like a hairbrush. <laughs> no, but it looks like a hairbrush. Mm. Um, I don't know how he... Uh, this person, I don't know who Mr Tangle Tease is. It's called Sean. OK. Well, you, that, that Sean! Nominative yes. determinism. <laughs> does, it, does it cut hair as well? Um, no, but can I good. tell you what... I bet this... he didn't like the mint sauce material. <laughs> <laughs> can I tell you what the key is to the success of the Tangle Teaser? <clears throat> can I say that, just a reminder, that, that I like you doing it live, but we have... Um, a, a fabulous trombone sting mm. on uh, on the uh, on the jingles board that I always forget Come to on use. Then. Here we'll it comes. Get it out. That is a good isn't it? Mm. Do you want to know what the key to the success of the Tangle Teaser is? Sean's Tangle Teaser. You betcha. Patented teeth. Okay. The teeth. He's got unique teeth, and he's patented them. They've been invented. They they are teeth like no other on a hairbrush. Oh, oh really? Mm. So th- th- I'm guessing they you slide. Your teeth patented. They slide through tangled hair without tearing it out at the scalp. You got it. Ah, and what's the tease <laughs> element? Sometimes they do, and sometimes they don't. They're sometimes, sometimes provocative. Sometimes <laughs> the blood is literally running down the front of your face, and sometimes it's as smooth as silk. You, let's just say it's like a toss of a coin, <laughs> and you can do it with the deer hunter theme as well, just to give it that uh, that bit of jeopardy. Uh. <laughs> so, what is the tease uh, aspect? Oh, you have you to buy one to find out. Oh, well, those at the teeth. <laughs> anyway, um, Can I... they have your recommendation, I take it. Oh, thoroughly, and my horse loves it as well. They're very good on no. uh, horse tails. Are they? Mm. Are they really? Do they curry? <laughs> <laughs> Do they, John? <laughs> that's, that's what they say, isn't it? Is it a curry comb? Oh, I believe it is, that. It is. Very good knowledge, mm. Frank. Listen, you two. Attention must be paid. I don't like to let an anniversary pass. It is the, I believe it's the 20th anniversary hmm. of Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake's double denim moment. Oh. Do yes. you remember that? Well, I read about it recently, but I don't, I don't actually remember it first time around. And I used to be, well, uh, I used to kind of like... Britney mm, in a, a fan. in a postmodern ironic kind of a huge fan, um, and they were both um, Mouseketeers, of course. They were, and it That's left how the they met. Last... What a way to meet! Yes, we were Mouseketeers. <laughs> oh come on, <laughs> on the Mickey Mouse Club. I mean, uh-huh. and, and also who that dirty woman? What was she called? Not how she. She sang dare dirty. You. She sang I didn't dirty. Know her. What? <laughs> It's 2021. Yeah, but what's yeah. who sang dirty? It's what Loaded magazine editorial. Was <laughs> <laughs> that your column in Loaded? Who's that dirty woman? <laughs> By Frank Skinner's monthly Who's that tape. dirty woman? <laughs> um, no, what, who sang dirty? You're talking about uh, Christina Aguilera. Yeah, she was a mouseketeer as well, wasn't she? Was she really? Yes, yeah. an unlikely graduate <laughs> of the Mickey Mouse Club, I think we'll say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about when Mickey and Minnie Mouse are coming round for dinner? It's another grammatical oh, dilemma. Oh, the mice. The mice is. Mm. 
<laughs> That's the worst of both worlds. <laughs> yeah. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Earlier, yeah. I think you were asking whether Mike from BBC Breakfast uh, enjoyed sport. If you like sport, yeah? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we got information. Well, I'm sure he can tell us because he literally just started following you on oh, uh, Twitter oh, Mike <laughs> moments ago. <laughs> Uh, breaking news, yeah. He's probably trying to pick up a few things about sport. <laughs> <laughs> oh, did he? Does he say anything? He has... uh, I'm still waiting for his first communique, but he okay. li- he just started I hope he hasn't you. taken it badly, Mike. No. It was first, I said it was said with love. There you go. Okay. Oh, dear. <laughs> You're going to ask him to just tweet yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> He'll say, you know, let's have a big fight, like when uh, Ali fought Tyson that time. He'd probably say, yeah. <laughs> make it worse. No, sorry, I'm making it worse. Make it worse. I speak, I speak, I speak. I think it's perfectly OK if he's not into sport. You Can know. I say great hair as well, Mike? Yeah, but you don't assume that the newsreaders are into everything they read out, do you? By any means, or know about it. Yeah. He was an early adopter of the Tangle Teaser, actually. I think the uh, presenters on a show, like, I don't know, for example... Morning, did... Mike. I'm not going down with this ship. No, Morning, the, Mike. Hello. The, the, the <laughs> presenters on a show like that, where so many things are covered, are like, they're like an Aeolian harp. You know, those things you put on your windsill and the wind blows it. You know, mm. they, they are a, a mouthpiece for mm-hmm. um, the world. Uh, you know what? I'm buying what you're selling. Okay. Meanwhile... Frank Skinner, one of the top four <laughs> audio broadcasters in Britain. Not the best, not the best, <laughs> but, you know, not the best. The shoe zone That's of like... the top end of audio broadcasters. <laughs> so, meanwhile, over in Double Denim Land... Oh, yes. So, this well, picture... Oh, what were you going to say? I just... I mean, I, I don't want to be pernickety, but you say Double Denim, but it's actually so many more... Uh, multiples of denim than double because it's two people each wearing so much denim there's no room for any other fabric I don't even think it's quad or quintuple my maths isn't good enough and for a little while on this show I was known as Al Adin oh yes oh yeah very clever yeah very clever Um, it was um yeah. What it is is repulsive denim. It's a picture. I, I wasn't aware of this picture, but it, it is apparently an, an iconic shot of them arriving at some do, Justin Timberlake and Britney, when they were an item. I wasn't aware hmm. of this picture. No, completely. And when I say completely, um, Justin's got a denim trilby <laughs> yeah. on. I mean, that is... That's junior common room. I'm going to make myself a bit of a character, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> and also the jeans he's got on are not even nice jeans. They're all patchwork no. and boot yeah. fit and all that. Um, and they had them, weren't they? Oh, they had them, weren't they? Don't and worry they've about that. got a sort of... But Britney's got, also got denim. And yeah. she looks Has great. She got she denim. She's got a strapless bodice ripper. Of patchwork yeah. denim. But imagine the next morning, let's imagine that they were living as man and wife on a fishing. <laughs> <laughs> imagine the next morning trying to sort out who's his, who's in Sweden, oh, as we used nightmare. to say in the black coat. Yeah, you'd be, oh no, that's your terrible, just a pile of denim in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> like a quo dressing room. <laughs> <laughs> this is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. We were talking about Brittany and Justin's... Did they have a portmanteau name, Frank? I don't know if they... Um, was this pre the concept of Justney. that? Justin. Yeah. No, I don't think they ever did, did they? Brit, Brit Lake. Brit mm. Lake is, sounds like a, a shopping centre in Dudley. <laughs> <laughs> um, but Brittany, no. the, the level of detail on mm. this re- reconstructed gene... Do you think that's a better way of describing it than double denim, Al? Reconstructed yeah, really jean good. fabric. Mm-hmm. The level really, of detail. Really D O U B L E D E N I M. I hope they sang that when they arrived. 
I think that this picture is a classic example of double denim. It gets a little bit of stick, but when it's worn well, it can be fantastic. I say Britney looks amazing. He yeah. looks like, I mean, it's like a really big suit jacket he's got. Here's stuff. the problem. It's very strange, isn't it? Because he's wearing a denim jacket, but not in the cut that we would call a denim jacket. No. It's like a denim suit jacket, exactly. as you say. He well, looks like a denim flower pot. There man. is some history here. I vaguely remember, forgive me if I'm wrong, I'm old. Um, he, I believe, wanted to reconstruct his suit. He had a sort of a signature style of suit at the time. Uh, I may be wrong. I have a feeling Versace that they may have Versace been responsible for this. the double. <laughs> but it's covered did in it? Levi's branding. That sounds like Frank. Oh, maybe Versace were trying to take down <laughs> Levi's when we say, dressing him like this. When we say Versace open brackets factory shop. <laughs> off, off cuts basket. Are you sure it's not Versace Zone? Yeah, Versace Zone. <laughs> That'd be brilliant. I bet there's one of those. Somewhere in Hong Kong now, a man is just turning the lock on Versace Zone, letting, letting the air in. <laughs> I like the... I like Frank's tone of horror when he said, Versace did this? Well, like RuPaul's <laughs> Drag Race. Well... Atiru, who else? Atiru used to look great in double denim. Do you remember Bewitched? Oh, yeah. The I girl did. band. The girl band who replaced the first E in Bewitched with an asterisk. <laughs> who knows yeah. why? Who knows why that happened? Someone said, you can't just... Well, was it a rights issue with the uh, Elizabeth Montgomery sitcom Bewitch? Um, what? They what? had some river dance music in the middle. Do you remember? They did, did a little they? dance. Really? Yeah, they did some river uh. dance in the middle of the oh, first so song it they might released. Have been, there might have been Bewitch because they were involved with the occult. Oh, Is that maybe. the suggestion? <laughs> if anyone no, knows... Not. Yeah, this this week's texting on 8.12.15... Why did Bewitch asterisk the first E in Bewitched? I'd, I'd really like to know the answer to that. Frank Skinner. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. Absolute Radio. We're talking about Double Down. Well, we should mention Bewitched. Bewitched. Yeah. <laughs> because mm-hmm. we've heard from some of our readers, haven't we, Al? With regards to... Yeah, uh, we haven't got an answer to the asterisk, have we? Well, well would you say there's an answer? Of sorts. OK. I, well, go on, Al. 995 has pointed out Bewitched were second to this style. Slade were once the apostrophe N-betweens. N-betweens. Ah, were they with a... What was that? Um, do you remember... Um, the Myling Class Band, what were they called? Hearsay. Oh, yeah. Didn't they have an... Um, yeah. They had an apostrophe. Hear apostrophe and, say. Did they? Didn't really make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> they haven't lost any words. <laughs> See, that's the trouble if you let the young people name themselves. You know what? You've got to have a meeting with a grown-up when you're naming oh, exactly. the band. Exactly. I mean, that's why they don't do uh, YMCA anymore. They get, they get lost okay. halfway through. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. We're all out of drink. <laughs> uh, and that Slade text was unsurprisingly from Bob in Birmingham. Hey! <laughs> baby, baby, baby! Okay. And 554... I think possibly closer to... Oh, yeah, go on, 554, Al. tell us. No, no your witness. On, your witness, pal. <laughs> Come on, don't they, fall. If I can't reach into the back of the car, you too. <laughs> <laughs> this might be closer to the mark. Is uh, B asterisk witched. Wasn't it a thing at the time, like five, and five, the I is an exclamation mark, and seven, the seven in the middle, so it's se, seven, and seven. Seven oh, is replacing the V. Is a the v. Seven. Oh, OK. Because the young people are very... Film, starting to sound like that terrible car number flight magazine I used to get sent. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, OK. So we're still, we don't know why they were... They could have removed any, any letter. <laughs> is the truth. Yeah. Uh, he witched. And then, of she course... She witched. They could have they called it she witched. OK. 
Okay. Uh, one you nine. You know, that was a terrible moment. So when I thought of that, I thought, I can't wait to get this out. It's so exciting. And you looked at me. Like you know, I got something uh, on my nose. Do you know what it so was like? Speak, it uh, was like when you wake up in the middle of the night or you've had a dream and you think, oh, I, I can't wait. I'm going to turn this into a novel when I wake up. And then you share it with a partner oh, or a yeah. friend and they go, oh. I know I've written down so many <laughs> things in the night that have just been... The only one that's at any value whatsoever was <laughs> Doc Nostrils. Uh, it was called, and it says oh, there, yeah. and I'd written, they're always top of the bill. Oh, and I thought, when I wrote it, I thought, that's me done now. I'd do that gig at the front of an hour and a half <laughs> show, and they'll just laugh for the rest of it. Have you used it in, show, in a show? No, of course not. It's awful. <laughs> Um, Frank, I had one a friend. Line one. Oh, I'm sorry. so sorry to interrupt, but attention must be paid. I don't often start a sentence. <laughs> I had a friend, but now it's gone. <laughs> sorry. One nine one. No one does denim like the quo. Oh. And then a little emoji of a. I bet if you asked that raised. person their favourite quo album, they would say "Dog of Two Head." <laughs> That's my prediction. Go on. What, you when you a- meet a proper quo fan, they love the dog. Tell us your little story about when you had a little friend. Tell us about the friend you had that had. (laughs) Well, I had a friend in Birmingham who had a a mini with denim upholstery. (laughs) That's cool. Imagine if Justin had arrived in that (laughs) that night. I mean, people people had thought that underworld shadowy underworld figures had decapitated him and just wedged (laughs) his head on the headrest. (laughs) You wouldn't have been able to have seen any any. But it was, it, we, it was really quite a come and have a look at this as well. We were all, wow, that's fantastic, you know. Oh, really. If anyone has got denim upholstery, uh, Carl, we'd love to hear from you. Might mm. be maybe the same guy kept it. <laughs> you remember denim aftershave? Of course. Inevitable. I do. I used to put it on the top. All right. Double top. All right. Okay. <laughs> Enough. Look, um, thank you uh, so much for listening this morning. Um, it's not the same when you don't. Thank you uh, so much. Look, if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now, just for a few more weeks, stay in. This is Frank Skinner. Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.